Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, so before we get started today, I just wanted to wish our co-host Ryan Cunningham a happy birthday. Uh, Go follow him on his social medias, slide into his DMs, you know, send him a happy birthday. I'm sure he would appreciate that. All right, let's get started. What is going on, people? Welcome back to Believe in Rutgers. I am Han Solo today. Alex Schoen in the house. Ryan is uh, hanging out somewhere on a tropical island being a baller. So looking forward to linking back up with him next week. Uh, PSA, a couple awesome Pro Night episodes are going to drop soon. Stay tuned for that. Uh, we caught up with some awesome people, so I'm really excited about those. Uh, today's episode is sponsored by Bet Online. Go check them out. Appreciate their support of the show. And uh, speaking of Bet Online, we'll be right back with today's Believe in Rutgers. But first, a word from our friends at Bet Online. Did somebody say playoffs? The NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. I used Bet Online to pick the Lakers against the Blazers in game one, but didn't realize it was still Dame time. So take full advantage of sports being back and get on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now, back to the show. All right, so today, since I'm by myself, I am going to go on a little bit of a rant. Um, I'm going to give Ryan the opportunity to respond to my rant. Um, I hope he literally comes at me because that's going to be really awesome content for you guys, um, depending on his response. So really excited for today. Um, So let's start with the Big Ten uh, reportedly meeting on the potential of reversing the postponement of the Big Ten college football season. Um, Now, there's been multiple reports that say the Big Ten and the Pac-12 at the beginning of all this, when they first decided to postpone the season into the spring, they thought the rest of the Power Five would follow suit, particularly the ACC. Now, Notre Dame said, wait a second, we'll join the ACC for this season, and all of a sudden the ACC is ready to go in less than two or three weeks. I mean, the first ACC games are in September. So Notre Dame, huge TV deal with NBC in particularly, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. ACC's like, this is a big opportunity, money-wise, all that stuff, because Notre Dame is an ACC member in every sport except football. So what are the big money sports, football, basketball. So Notre Dame makes a ton of money in football and the ACC doesn't see a cent of that. So this is a big opportunity for the ACC. Now, as we've said on this show many times, we love the Big Ten. We want to see Big Ten college football, make no mistake. But I think it would be very irresponsible for the Big Ten to go back on their decision if the reasons behind that are based off of pressure from either other conferences, uh, media, parents, etc., etc. Now, if you want to tell me this is a calculated decision, if this happens, based off of like top medical experts, then okay, I have no issues with this. But my gut tells me that would not be the case right now. And I think what the Big Ten needs to do is, is kind of just do what they've always done. Set the precedent. 
It's the most profitable conference in college sports for a reason. More than the SEC, more than the Big 12, more than the Pac-12. And in my opinion, one of the reasons why the Big 10 has been so successful profitably, competition-wise across all sports, etc., etc., is because you win with people. What does that mean, winning with people? Well, it simply means putting the people in your programs and their well-being first and genuinely caring about them. For example, 2014, Big Ten schools were the first Power Five conference, actually the first conference in Division One, to guarantee scholarships over a four-year span. It used to be you could renew a scholarship after a year or not renew that scholarship. So you would sometimes see colleges push kids out after their freshman or sophomore year if they didn't think long-term they were going to pan out. Well, the ACC started doing it. The SEC started doing it. Big 12 started doing it. And the Pac-12 started doing it. Because, oh my God, the Big Ten is showing they actually care about the players. Oh my God, we're going to lose recruits. We have to care. Yes, you do have to care. Because that's what it's all about. This isn't Madden. It's not the old NCAA football, which we'd all like to see come back because it was a really fun game. Um, But these are young human beings who look to the people who come to their homes and say to their parents, I'm going to take care of your kid for answers. And if you don't have the answers, at least say you don't have the answers. Because kids these days have more information available to them than ever before. If you are BSing them, they will find out. And if they find out, that is bad news because they will not respect you. Now, what I think the Big Ten needs to do is not change their position on the issue right now. What I think they need to do is sit back and see how all the other conferences do while playing in this COVID environment. Now, if COVID's contained, if they handle it properly, like, okay, awesome. Like, then the Big Ten should have the confidence to say, let's play ball. I mean, some of these other teams are starting in less than two weeks. The Big Ten can observe for a whole month. You can start the season in October with conference-only games, a bye week, and be done by January, no problem. I don't think that would be an issue. But if that's not the case, and other conferences get caught with their foot in their mouth and COVID spreads like wildfire, that's where I think Kevin Warren can say to all the other Power Fives, I told you so. Now, the argument that a lot of people will probably have is the structure that these guys get and will have to keep them out of trouble and out of the virus's path is something I agree with. These student-athletes are more likely to be safe in the bubble of college football, even though it's not an actual bubble, um, than they are at home. For the most part, it's probably true. The issue is unlike pro sports, though, specifically the NBA, they've set a really good example for how to bubble it up. I know football, basketball totally different types of sports. I mean, there's only like 10 to 12 guys in a basketball team opposed to 120 guys in a college football team. So it's kind of hard to compare those two, but uh, there are a lot of things that can be taken from the NBA bubble. But so back to college football, even if classes are online, you don't think there's thousands 
of college students living in their off-campus housing that's like right next to the campuses? I mean, come on. You think you're going to stop these players from being college students? No, they're kids. God forbid somebody goes to a party on a Thursday night, they become asymptomatic, they play in a game against Ohio State, Michigan, and they play 50 to 80 plays that game. Not only do they infect kids on their own team, but they potentially infect guys on the other team, and then they go back to their families and infect them, and we're in the state of Michigan, the state of Ohio, the state of Indiana, whatever it is, and we've just taken the virus from Pennsylvania, New Jersey, wherever we are, we've taken it deep into the Midwest where who knows where it goes from there. So that is an issue. Now, can you limit these 18 to 24-year-olds contact with potential outside football life? Yeah, you potentially can, yes. But there's a whole nother issue with that. I mean, every issue seems like it just leads to another. So what you basically are doing by locking these kids up in their apartments and only letting them go to the facility and that's it is what you're basically doing is telling these kids who are quote unquote amateurs that they're basically essential workers because school's online Everyone's working from home for the most part. This leads us to the topic of should these student athletes be compensated, which is a completely different issue like I've said 20 times today. Now, if you don't have an issue with doing that and in the future start treating them as employees and not amateurs, go ahead, bubble them up, limit the contact with the outside world to the max. But if you want to pull the amateur card No, 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 no. That is not happening. And as an institution, you better be okay with having potential lawsuits coming at you over COVID for years to come. Because it's still so new, we don't know the long-term effects. And then from a financial aspect, I don't think people realize that very few teams in major college football are actually profitable every single year. I mean, most of these teams are still chasing the break-even point because they've invested so much into facilities, recruiting, etc., etc. There's really only 20 to 30 schools in the country that aren't chasing that break-even point. And those are your Ohio States, Michigan's, USC's, Texas's, Clemson, you know, the Alabama, big-time colleges where they are like, basically on par with big-time corporations. But everyone else is probably in some sort of debt. I mean, like, the Rutgers professors just sued the school in July over, like, some absurd amount of money that was going to athletics. Now, if athletics does well, everybody's happy. I mean, new academic buildings go up, everyone's salary goes up, but if that investment doesn't pay off right away, it can take some time to recover to recover from that initial investment to get to that break-even point and to eventually get to that profit point. So I wonder, like out of how many of these power fives that are going to be playing this fall, like how many of them are pushing themselves away from that break-even point even more? Because the resources it's going to take 
to keep these players safe, it, I mean, it's going to cost something and, and probably, you know, not cheap. And this college football season is probably, with no fans in attendance, going to be less profitable than a normal college football season. So this brings us back to what should the Big Ten do? I think if you blindly play and cave into the outside pressure of other conferences, media, coaches, parents of players, etc., etc., it could be very risky business um, because one issue could lead to another and I think it's just not worth it. But at the end of the day, like there is a percentage and a chance that everything goes well and it's like, okay, like we played, we got the season uh, from a business perspective, we got it done from a player's perspective, our players had fun, they, our NFL guys got their film, they're going to go hopefully play in the NFL, make generational wealth for themselves and their families. Um, we'd like to see that happen. But with the state of the virus, I don't see that happening. Um, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I, I don't know if that's possible. And then when you look at from the future and a future perspective, when college football players get an official players council and they will, don't you think they're going to bring up the COVID season as an example in their negotiations uh, in a few years when they are officially allowed to collectively bargain for their likeness and all that kind of stuff. I mean, the NCAA has gone to Congress multiple times to postpone that official ruling for a reason. I mean, if players get proper representation, they would potentially do really well in negotiations, especially if institutions are going to blindly put them at risk for this season. Um, don't you think that in those negotiations, the COVID season would get referenced a bunch. But that's another subject for another day. Um, I really enjoyed today's rant. Hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Uh, Ryan will be back this week. Uh, hope he got a nice tan from chilling at the beach. And uh, have a great day, guys. Hey, you made it to the end. Or I'm just talking to myself and Ryan. You stay classy, Piscataway.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.